my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Welcome to Before Breakfast, a production of iHeartRadio. Good morning, this is Laura. Welcome to the Before Breakfast podcast. Today's tip is to keep one calendar for both your work and personal life. If you can't do this, and I know there are many reasons people can't, then have at least one place where you can see both work and personal time-specific commitments. Being able to see both massively increases the chances that you don't drop any balls that you'll feel terrible about dropping. So first, I want to explain my calendar system, even though I know there are many reasons this won't work for other people. I work for myself, so I actually keep a paper calendar. It's a weekly at-a-glance calendar that fits in my purse. I put any time-specific commitments or need-to-know information on this calendar as soon as I know these dates. So I've marked the days my kids are off school in the fall, even though that school year is nowhere near starting yet. In the upcoming year section in the back, I marked our 2020 spring break. Our school district published this calendar, and even though I can assure you I'm not thinking much about the 2020 spring break, I know that most likely in the next few months, someone will ask me about a date in March or April of next year. I'd hate to say, sure, I'll give a speech then, and then find out it's right in the middle of our best opportunity for a family vacation. Another example, when I found out one of my children had a special school event in early June, I put it on the calendar and then chatted about it with my husband. I found out that he was going to be on a work trip then, so that raised the stakes for my being there. I know that he won't be able to go, so I made a note not to schedule over it, unless something really, really important came up. When people send me electronic calendar invites, I note these times in my paper calendar and maybe just the person who sent the invite so I can retrieve the details online. I'm generally not copying phone numbers and access codes in that paper calendar. But one of the reasons I like paper is that I can see at a glance if the day is getting too full. I also like to see if a day looks completely open. If it does or looks almost open, I might try to keep it open or transfer something out of that day. I love looking at white space on my calendar. Now, I know a lot of people have to keep electronic calendars for work. It makes sense. You're supposed to be able to give other people access so they can schedule meetings. Though, I have to say, this requirement is probably one of the leading causes of the proliferation of meetings in the corporate world. The fact that a time is open does not mean that you need or want to meet, or that a meeting would be the best use of that time. But that's a subject for a different episode. This one is about why you should have all your work and personal commitments in one place. And maybe some people see no reason for this. I mean, they work very specific hours and basically never have personal commitments that would come up during these hours. Work is work, home is home, never the two shall meet. For many of us, though, work-life integration is more the name of the game these days. 
And if you have a relatively flexible job, it's very frustrating to schedule a nice but not critical work event at a time when it turns out there's something you really did want to go do in your personal life. It may be complicated to extricate yourself, or you might not be able to, and then you'll be kicking yourself. I call this an own goal situation in the game of work-life balance. You'd like to avoid that. So if you do need to keep an electronic calendar for work, how can you make sure you're seeing all your personal commitments too? The most straightforward way is to just put your personal commitments on your work calendar. This is pretty much what my husband does. He notes when I'm gone overnight, so he's aware of this. And his assistant is aware that when he's awaking work travel arrangements, he needs to take that in mind. He puts when he's supposed to pick up a kid somewhere, so he knows he needs to be back in time for that. He puts his and the kid's dental appointments that he covers and things like that. From what I gather, his perspective is that our lives are boring enough that there aren't real privacy concerns with this. His colleagues are aware that he has a family. And this also helps other people know that if they'd like to meet with him, certain times are better than others. Even if you do have more privacy concerns, you could always just put a code word on your calendar or just label things personal if you're pretty sure you won't forget what that means. So, for instance, if you're seeing a specialist for something that is really none of your colleagues' business, that's how you could still make sure no one schedules you into something for that time, unless there's a really good reason. Of course, some people can't access their work calendars at home, which creates a different issue. If you can't see your work schedule on the weekend and you're discussing who can do kid pickup during the week with your spouse when you're talking on a Sunday, well, that's just not going to work. When I ask my followers on Twitter for their suggestions for people who can't or don't want to keep everything on their work calendars, I got a lot of great ideas. Some people can import their work calendars into a Google calendar that they keep as their master life calendar. Some people use apps that allow them to import commitments from multiple places and then see all these commitments in one place on their phones. Fantastical, too, is one app that got a shout-out for that. If an automatic solution isn't going to work, you might need to enter your work schedule manually into your personal calendar and then make notes on your work calendar of times where you can't be scheduled. But as much as possible, make sure you're aware of the whole landscape of time when you're making commitments. If you know your kid has a choir concert on a day when you're supposed to speak at a conference, then you can be empowered to request an early time slot and make it back in time for the concert. That feels like a work-life win, rather than one of those no-one-can-have-it-all moments. You can't score that win, though, unless you see the full picture of time. You are one person. You have one set of hours. And that's why I think it's worth trying to keep one calendar. If you need to keep an electronic calendar for work and have come up with a good way to make sure your work and personal commitments are reflected in one place, please let me know. You can email me at beforebreakfastpodcast at iheartmedia.com. In the meantime, this is Laura. Thanks for listening. And here's to making the most of our time. Hey, everybody. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me your tips, your questions, or anything else. Just connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at beforebreakfastpod. That's B-E- the number four, then breakfast, P-O-D. You can also shoot me an email at beforebreakfastpodcast at iheartmedia.com. That before breakfast is spelled out with all the letters. Thanks so much. I look forward to staying in touch. Before Breakfast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey listeners, I know you love mornings. And with nearly 300 beaches in Puerto Rico, each one is a reason to wake up early and catch a picture-perfect sunrise. Puerto Rico has nearly 300 miles of coastline, and the island's diverse geography offers everything, from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water, to stunning black sand beaches, and beaches perfect for water sports. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.